Let's head out for our Democrat of the Day. We head over to St. Paul on just the north side there. Liz Lee is kind enough to join us. She is running to represent 67A in her hometown in St. Paul. And she's got enough today to take some time to talk about her campaign. Liz, thank you very much. I appreciate the time today. Sure. Thanks for asking me to join. I'm so excited to be here and be the, the Democrat of, of the day um, on uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. So and, thanks and for the, having me. And my absolute pleasure. And I also got to tell you how much I like your district, too. I, I, I hike Phelan <laughs> all the time over there. And a good chunk of that's in your district. Uh, it is, yep. it, it is just, it, it's a cute district. It's a nice district that, that to go through because, you know, l- l- frankly, I love living in the city and I think there's a community, there's connection and your district, it, you know, it's kind of one of those places you can go and you just, you can be proud of being from St. Paul, Minneapolis area. Yes, absolutely. I, I live just a couple blocks from Phelan. So if you ever want to go for a stroll around the lake, let me know. Okay. Uh, it's, it's our, our pride and joy and um, you know, we have the lake there, but um, we are also part of the really big watershed for St. Paul and Minneapolis, right? And so, so the lake, you know, keeps the water clean for everybody else. Um, and that's one of the really important issues that I hope to work on when um, I join the legislature next year. Let's take some time. Why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Who exactly is Liz Lee? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like you said, um, the east side is home. I am a Mom, daughter of, of the East Side, um, you know, that's that's where I grew up, where I got my first job doing uh, a paper route. Um, folks who live there will remember um, the East Side Review. Um, sadly, like a lot of local newspapers, that folded in 2009. Um, but it's, it's where my parents bought their first home and where, you know, my siblings and I grew up playing softball. And um, it's going to be an incredible honor to to come back and, and represent um, the community that, that raised me to be the person I am today. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm Hmong, and our district there um, is, is a minority-majority district. Um, we have um, immigrants from all over. Um, you know, there we have the Karen and the Kareni people, um, obviously Hmong folks, and um, a lot of Eastern African um, community members as well. And so um, it's really diverse, and, and like you said, it's, it's you know, the, the best part of, of the Twin Cities, really. You know, it's, you know, having... Uh, I always, I, it's nothing against people. I mean, say you're you're a person who's a business owner or something like that, and you go into St. Paul and you become a politician. That's fine. It adds perspective. But I always, I've always found that I think one of the most important things to have is people that have real world growing up in the city, you know, you know, you know, cutting coupons, having extra jobs kind of experience because it gives you a much better perspective of, of not just people in St. Paul, but every community out there from Ely down to Austin, where you're basically, you know, people are at, you know, it's the kitchen table issues. You can understand that because it's not been that long since you were, you know, you're at the kitchen table doing those issues as opposed to someone who, you yeah. know, you know, and all great that you have success, but it kind of skews perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say I'm, I'm very, very lucky. And, and you're, you're right. I love that you said that one of my, best childhood memories is like cutting coupons from the Sunday paper mm-hmm. with, with my mom. I actually loved that because <laughs> I would pretend that I get to buy everything. Right. Um, but that's, you know, people in, the, in, in our district, um, you know, have like two to three jobs, um, you know, and, and they work on the weekends. And so um, one of the things that, you know, we've done is um, really taking the campaign to them, meeting them at the grocery stores and, and where they are. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that I didn't mention earlier is I am a proud graduate of the St. Paul public schools. I went there from kindergarten to to 12th grade and um so i was really lucky and you know i i am proof right that you know if if everything falls into place right you can go to college and 
come back and, you know, really um, work to serve the community that, that raised you, right? But that, that's not the case now, and that's why it's so important for folks like myself and, you know, other folks in the Dem ticket to, to be reelected this, this fall, right? And um, it, it is going to be an incredible honor, but, it, you, but you're right, you know, like, we, we have to make sure that the people from our communities who understand the issues um, are put in positions of, of power to make decisions um, for the future, right? We have a budget surplus, and next year we have to pass a budget bill, and so um, all of these real-world experiences will be incredibly important. Who would you rather have making education decisions, someone who went through the public school (laughs) system or someone who went to private school and has their own kids go to private school but can authoritatively weigh in on the problems with those public schools? No, I would rather have someone who's been through the system and they understand it. Your your website lays out – Three pillars of success. I want to let you just go here. Why don't you talk a little bit about those pillars and what you look as your main focus as you want to get to St. Paul? Sure. I mean, you know, I think the foundation is really um, equitable, social, economic development. Um, You know, we have a lot of small businesses on the east side. Um, I am running my friend's small businesses, her her one small business, actually. But um, on the east side, we have... um, you know, minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses that, um, you know, need support, right? And, and, and you know, um, small businesses are the backbone of, of America, and um, they've had a really tough in the last two years. And so um, I want to make sure that um, we bring investment to the east side and, and we support our small business owners there, and we also um, create opportunities for folks, right? So um, I'm, I'm going to take a, a point of personal privilege here, we have a, a new development um, in the northeastern corner um, that, you know, we hope will bring in um, more commerce, but also um, more affordable housing units, right, which is um, a, a second issue that, uh, that um, I want to work on. We know that in the Twin Cities, we just don't have enough housing stock. Um, we need to, to build more units. We need to build more homes. And so that's something that I hope will happen. And, um, you know, we, we, for, for, for there to be jobs, there, you also have to have housing for folks, you know, to live close by, right? And so um, those are two important issues, um, you know, making sure that we, we also um, have good public schools because we need well-educated workers or, you know, trained workers, right, to fill those jobs. And so it, it, it's all, you know, interconnected and, like, really important that, you know, we, we um, support the foundations of what a strong community looks like. You know, you, you get back to that, if we can touch more on the housing issue, because this is a bit of an issue. Uh, and it is something that's not just unique to the metro area alone. It's I was talking to um, um, uh, Reed Olson up who's running, I think it was 2A, up in the very northern part mm-hmm. of the district. And one of the big things he's been working on is trying to get any kind of affordable housing built in Bemidji. Um, this is, you, you, when you have contractors and developers whose only focus is either a McMansion, some, you know, 7,000-square-foot monstrosity, or, you know, apartment buildings, townhomes that are just, you know, basically for, for, seem to be for only for wealthy people or for B&B rentals, you know, it it, it kind of creates a, a problem there. And, the, and I understand we're not going to be able to get back to the time and age where we had single-family housing built uh, that, you know, that kind of funded and fueled the, the, the working class of this country back to the 50s and the 60s. But at the same time, we have to address this because if we don't have affordable housing, it, this is this is going to be something where it's it's only going to get worse and worse for us, especially when we're trying to encourage growth the the, the growth of the community, businesses, and, and society. Yep, that's right, and and that's where we have to be creative, right? We have to think about um, what what is appropriate for um, you know the very different and uh, diverse communities that Minnesota has, right? Like in certain places, 
um, you know, community land trusts or co-ops um, or also workforce housing, right? And in a lot of places, um, and this is an issue across the country, right? Um, um, there, it is incredibly expensive, um, you know, to 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 pay for like a, a two-bedroom um, household in um, in like major cities across um, the country. And, and mm-hmm. so it's not unique to Minnesota, right? But um, I, I like to say, right, Minnesotans, um, you know, are, are exceptional. And so um, I know that we can tackle our, our affordable housing issue. Um, absolutely, right? We have other solutions in our toolbox, like tax credits. Um, and like I said, um, you know, thinking about um, workforce development housing and just um, making sure that, um, you know, we meet the, the, the different needs of Minnesota's different communities, right? Because in certain places, right, we need more senior housing than we do in others. Yes. So just, just thinking about creative solutions and also um, being open to new ideas. Yeah, it's always a pain when I, I see a great, hey, great new apartment building. Oh, 70% of it's Airbnbs. Great. Yeah, that's that helps the city. You know, and it's nothing, isn't it? It's nice that we have tourism and stuff like this, but... What we desperately need is affordable housing, and, and it's something that it, it, we need to have people, and it's statewide. It's not just in the city. It's statewide, and I think this is something kind of like mental health issues that if we don't start addressing this, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. Yep, that's, that's right. I mean, the I, we can talk about housing all day, right? I mean, yes. But a part of that is also – a part of affordable housing is also um, you know making sure that we – um, support our unhoused uh, community, and yeah. um, you know that is like the like that's like the last resort, right? We want to make sure that um, people um, stay in their homes, and you know if they need to, and then you know we, they can transition to transitional housing, right? But um, that is the absolute last resort, right? And um, you know housing is everyone's foundation, right? Like if you have a house, it makes you healthier. It you know helps children study uh, um, easier, and so um, yeah, it, it's definitely um, top priority. Liz Lee is kind enough to join us. She's running 67A uh, on the north side of St. Paul there. So I, I want to talk about you. you it, it is Indigenous Peoples Day and, and the legacy of uh, the white European mindset in this country is, as you talk about education, is, is clear cut there. We have an education system that needs to start being better at addressing the dynamic nature of our society, not just this Archie Comics view of the world that that a lot of people have pushed for so long and st paul is a diverse beautiful school district here talk a little bit about making sure the schools because i mean we do have graduation issues we do have test score issues that need to be addressed but you know, we also have a, a, a societal built education system that needs to be reevaluated to make sure that it's not just representative of of one group of people. So I t- talk a little bit about how you would approach working with education to make sure that the education system represents all. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'll say um, education curriculums are, are usually set by state legislatures. Um, we've been really lucky in St. Paul to have a pretty active uh, school board that, you know, recently, um, pass an ethnic studies um, requirement, and also, um, you know, they, um, you know, have have allowed um, students to smudge in school, right? To, um, you know, really be able to honor their heritage. And um, my mom actually works at um, one of um, our, our Hmong immersion schools, right? And we're mm-hmm. uh, St. Paul St. Paul School District is one of the um, few school districts in the country to have a Hmong immersion program. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, we're, we're incredibly proud of all the diverse offerings we have. And also, right, I mean, our economy is globalizing. Um, we have a Mandarin immersion elementary schools and French immersion elementary schools um, because our, our children today, you know, will be global citizens. And so um, I'm, I'm very proud of, of you know, the, the direction we're going. And also know, like, a lot of those suburban schools um, know that, you know, for, for their students to be successful businessmen and women in the world, right, like, they're going to have to study Mandarin and, and French and whatnot. And so i um, really proud of that. But I, I do think, um, you know, for, for us in St. Paul, like, I've always been very lucky to have um, social studies teacher who, who knew that, you know, as part of the, the Minnesota history curriculum, right, we learned about, um, you know, the, the French traders and we learned about the, the Dakota people, you know, who, whose land that we were on. Um, I, I think that is really important, like you, you alluded to. And, um, you know, you have sometimes you get lucky, right? I got lucky and I had that, that part of my curriculum in St. Paul and maybe not everyone has that. Uh, but, you know, really I'm proud of like the movements across the country um, that have really, um, you know, moved people to, to think about, um, you know, where, where we come from. I know there's a lot of, um, I say uncertainty now, right? You talk a little bit about um, the mental health issue, but I really mm-hmm. think that, Right. Like a, a part of, you know, centering our students and, and like making sure our students, um, you know, feel feel settled and, um, you know, feel like they, they belong in their high schools or their junior highs and their communities is uh, making sure they know who they are and know, like where they come from. Right? And a part of that is, is you know, just the, the heritage of like Minnesota and like, you know, the really long and rich, diverse immigration history we have. Right. Yeah. Like when I launched my campaign, I talked about, um, you know, the Polish immigrants and the Swedes and. Um, you know, the first black Americans to come to, you know, our part of St. Paul, right? We have a really rich history there. And, um, you know, there's also a history with, with the Irish immigrants and, and the Jewish folks who, who came to St. Paul and also, you know, have a, like a really long story, story to pass there. And so um, incredibly important. Um, I know our schools um, have always been very good about covering that in, in the social studies curriculum. And I want to make sure that, right, like that, that happens too because like places like Shakopee and other places in Minnesota have really uh, you know interesting diverse histories right and, and so does Duluth and I'm really proud of like what mm-hmm. the Duluth um, school district has, has done in, in like you know unpacking a lot of its past as well I like I like the fact that a school district's now don't just teach about immigration up to like 1910. You know, it's like it's been going on since then. And it's almost a way for them that, that it was a way for a lot of the education systems. And like when I went to school at, in, in, in the 1980s here in, ta- in the state, the, the it was a way for them to kind of dismiss and diminish the immigrant groups that came in after that, after, you know, say, you know, you know, World War Two. And and I think that it's I think we do a better job there, and I can't argue with the, those immersion schools. The success ratios they're having with the immersion schools are absolutely top notch. We could definitely use more of them across the state for sure. Uh, Liz Lee, kind enough to join us here to talk about things. Uh, obviously, one thing um, I imagine uh, you've, you've gotten quite an earful of about the overturning of Roe v. Wade in your district. Um, I, w- I would say. Yes and no, and this is something that, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about recently um, on, on other panels. Um, I mean, like I said, our, our district is, is really diverse, and, um, you know, our, our community members speak um, a lot of different languages, from Hmong to, to Somali to Karen and, and Spanish. And so, um, you know, for, for some of my community members, right, it's, it's um, you know, explaining, like, what happened with, with the ruling and, explaining to folks, you know, how this might affect them, because some people don't even know that, like, this has happened, right? Um, but obviously, you know, um, 
for me, as, as a young woman, um, you know, as, as a younger um, politician, um, it's incredibly um, important. And so I know like, I'm, I'm fighting two battles, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm the generation that has never known life without Roe. Um, and so it's, it's, I'm, I'm fighting for, for myself and my future children, um, but also, um, you know, fighting for, for elders in the community who, who expected to immigrate to, to America, you know, with, with like the best medical, um, you know, system in the world, right? And so some of these women, um, you know, like came here expecting, um, you know, amazing um, healthcare. And so um, part of my job, you know, has been trying to say, hey, like, this is how this decision is going to affect you. And this is why it's so important that, that you vote later this fall. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've always known this, and this is why, like, I've always been interested in helping my community in whatever way, but it's just translating what, what happens in, in mainstream society and making sure people know, like, this is how it's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a little bit of both, right? And, and we know, right, that the people who will be most affected by Roe will be um, immigrant women and, um, you know, women who, who work low-income jobs, right, who might not have access to, to health care or who are more vulnerable and susceptible to um, you know, sexual violence at work, right, who need options like, like abortion care. And so um, I know very well I'm fighting for them, you know, whether, whether that's conveyed or not. And like where we're working with our community, um, you know, stakeholders so that folks understand that. You, are you going to be at uh, Vota, Az- Vota Azul tomorrow? Yes, absolutely stopping by because Maria Issa is awesome and so excited to join her in the legislature next year. So this is uh, this is a DFL block jam, as it's called. Uh, where is this going to be at yeah. tomorrow? Um, I actually can give you the address. We are going to be um, in the parking lot of the Maharaja. So the address is 205 7th Street West um, in St. Paul. And this is basically a block jam that's going on from three until six thirty, I believe, and uh, basically yeah. encouraging people to vote blue uh, because, f- quite frankly, you know, if uh, I can tell you right now, I can see what the Republicans want to do. I've seen their official Minnesota GOP party platform they passed in May. They got a very horrible platform, and so if you want rights, if you want people protecting you, you have to vote blue. It's really that simple at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable that in the year 2022, right, the, our, our opponents think that women should not be driving cars, right? Ugh. Like, that's ridiculous. So. <laughs> well, and it's just, and it's just and they, they're, they're dislike of everything. It's how dare you invest in clean energy? How dare you, how dare you, women have the right to choose? You know, it just, it's, they're, they're a hoot, I guess is the right way to say it. Uh, but you, you need to vote blue. And once again, this is going to be an event that's going to be taking place uh, tomorrow. Uh, at uh, at uh, 207 7th Street, West St. Paul, uh, uh, Maharaja's uh, parking lot uh, from 3 to 6.30. I'll put a link out for that as well. Uh, Liz Lee, once again, 67A. Liz, if, if, if anyone wants to find out more about your campaign, how where, where do they go to find out more information? Yes. Uh, come to our website, lizlee, L-I-Z-L-E-E, dot O-R-G. Um, it's very intentional to be dot O-R-G, and that's where you can... Uh, find links to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. LizLee.org, LizLee.org. Lizlee, all my best. I, I look forward to seeing you in St. Paul, and uh, and thank you very much. I really appreciate the time today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and looking forward to uh, hanging out with you at Phelan Lake. I will. I am going to follow up on that. <laughs> I'll be out okay. there before too long. Uh, Lizlee, Democrat of the Day. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.